This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, except they're far better for you. Just one bar has between 130 and 180 calories, 19 grams of protein, and between 3 and 7 grams of sugar. And you can capitalize on this by using our code BIGSHOTS, all one word, for your next Built Bar purchase to get 10% off. Built Bar, join the team. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hernition. Normally, I would be joined by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, Devin the Verified Jackson. Unfortunately, Devin has had a situation arise where he has to take a bit of a leave from the podcast. Uh, that, you know, more information will come in time. However, however, we did promise that there was going to be a big uh, dueling mock podcast. And Devin doesn't need to be here for that to happen because we are joined by one of the voices for the Denver Broncos, host of the Locked On Broncos podcast, if I'm not mistaken, Patrick Coyote. Patrick, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well. Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't say I'm the host of the of Co-host, the Locked On show. Because you and Cody, so yeah, it, it's. Cody, Cody is the, uh, is the, the main, the main guy over there at, uh, Locked On. I, I just make my, uh, you know, I make my appearances over there, but, uh, no, man, uh, it, it's happy to, I'm happy to be on here with you. I, I'm happy to talk Broncos always. Uh, you know, lo- the love of my life, the pain of my existence, uh, <laughs> the Denver Broncos. So, no, man, hey, it, it, it's been, it's been a, it's been a good couple. Well, it was a good couple of years for you in a you know mid 2010s. Not so much lately. Uh, but peek behind the curtain for the listeners. This was not planned. That you're listening to this on the Friday and Thursday, the Denver Broncos podcast came out. We actually planned this out about two weeks ago. Uh, Devin, Patrick, and myself. And obviously, Devin couldn't be here tonight, which sucks so badly. But uh, Devin has sent in his mock draft. I have done mine. Patrick has not been privy to either. Uh, so we're going to go pick by pick. But before we get into that, obviously there's a lot surrounding the Broncos. They've got ownership concerns. They got, uh, some big contracts, you know, team options, which are rare in today's NFL, uh, outside of like the rookie fifth year options. So Patrick, before we get into the mock, just kind of give us an overview of what's going on with the Broncos right now. I mean, there's a lot, you know, new GM in the building, uh, you know, still ownership issues going on. Obviously, the team, uh, it, it was kind of a surprising move to see John Elway, um, you know, step down, but step up, uh, you know, give himself a promotion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think it, it was just time for him to uh, to kind of relinquish some of those GM duties um, that he's been taking care of since uh, 2011. Uh, and getting a guy like George Payton was a, it was a, a that's a big deal. You know, he, he's really one of the more respected GMs in the league, did a very good job building up the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, I, obviously, uh, with all those, the teams, he was one of the big proprietors of the move for Sam Bradford. And, and, you know, looking back, Sam Bradford wasn't, you know, he wasn't, uh, he didn't have the career everyone thought he would have, but when he got to, when he got to Minnesota, he played extremely well, so it looked like a win there. Um, did a very good job just building a defense, building an offense. Um, you know, very good scouter, um, and uh, you know he, he's a guy who really can bring in this kind of new culture into the Denver Broncos. So signing him to a six-year deal, obviously, that means that 
they're kind of in that rebuilding stage, right? So they're, they're prepping for that. The Super Bowl 50 memories, those are great. Those are fantastic, but the team's got to move in a different direction. We can't stay stuck in 2015. Um, don't become you know, the Eagles. Don't, yeah, become, don't, don't the Eagles. become the Eagles. Um, but you know, it, I, I think there's, there's still a lot of questions going on. Um, and, and especially one of the biggest things, and like you said, is the ownership issue. Um, Joe Ellis is still technically the, uh, you know, the controller of the, of the team. It, it, it's the, uh, Pat Bowen trust, but Joe Ellis is the, the head of that, you know, that committee. And, uh, he only has one year left on his, on his deal. And, and after that, he's stepping away from the team. And he's already said that he's already committed to it. A lot of people are thinking that John Elway is going to be the guy that kind of steps up and takes his role. Um, but, um, you know, the ownership is the, is really the biggest thing because that's where, you know, a lot of that cash flow comes from signing big free agents and, and contract extensions and all that. And with the questions surrounding the team, uh, you know, is, is the team going to be sold? Is, are, are Boland's kids going to take over? There's one Boland kid that's already, uh, working within the organization. She kind of fills in, uh, all the, the checks that the, Pat Bolin trust has for their successor. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, two of the daughters, uh, and one of the sons, I believe is, are, are currently there's a lot a, of kids. I think there's it, seven. I there, there's a lot. Um, but it's the two oldest daughters, um, that are in the midst of this court battle. Uh, it was supposed to kind of be solved. They were thinking around this time and then it got pushed back again due to COVID. Um, so we probably won't have a, a final answer until probably the fall, uh, or even maybe next year. This is, it's a, it's a very messy situation. There's a lot of moving parts involved. Uh, I'm not going to delve too deep into it because it, it really is. Uh, there's some juice. I did write an article, um, over at PFN about it, uh, last year and, and, you know, it, it kind of explains a little bit more about what is going on. But, um, but yeah, so all that being said, new GM, uh, Vic Fangio is going to be in his, what, his third season as a head coach. Um, you know, Pat Shermer is going to be in his second season as an OC. It, there's still a lot of questions on this team as, as far as the football players go. You know, is Drew Locke the guy? Is, is he going to be the quarterback of the future? You know, no one, no one really knows. Um, he, he still has a ton of question marks. Obviously he has potential. He has tools, but can he put it all together? I don't know. Um, you, you mentioned team options, something that's very rare, uh, these days. Kareem Jackson and Von Miller, those are the two biggest players that have those team options right now. Uh, both of them, you know, carry pretty big hits going into next season. And I was Jordan, shocked at the Kareem Jackson number. It's like $10 million up Yeah, there. yeah. And, and, you know, with Justin Simmons being a free agent and, and still needing that long-term extension, Shelby Harris is, is set for free agency. Those are two guys that, we saw last year that they really can't stand to lose. Um, and, you know, Von Miller's cap number is, you know, astronomical. It, it would be nice to, to free up that cap space, but you're also losing Von Miller, who is the a super good Bowl news. And, and, and I only say this because I was, because obviously I'm fresh off of doing that, that article, which is available on bluechipscouting.com, by the way. Yeah. Uh, 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 franchise blueprint, uh, the Denver Broncos edition. The Broncos do have $47 million in cap before those numbers yeah. come off. So if those two guys are off the books, 
uh, it, they'd be up at around 70 million and be third in the league in spending money. So it's not like they're strapped for cash, which is nice. Like you could afford right. to bring some guys in. And for a yeah. team that, you know, might be trying to squeeze into that last playoff spot, you know, bringing back Simmons, bringing back Vaughn Miller, bringing back Shelby Harris, maybe adding someone like a Larry Ogunjobi or a Dalvin Tomlinson for agency could do a lot of good for that defense. The problem is, you can only go so far as long as that offense is able to do anything. And well, hopefully next year they don't have to start a wide receiver at quarterback. But it's, that's a story for another time. <laughs> I, that was some BS. I hope that never happens again, man. That that was an awful game to watch. I felt it, so bad it was for, for you and Cody and just having to cover that <laughs> and yeah, watch I, that and root for that. Like I had to root for Nate Sudfeld. So uh, so yeah, like, I, I, I get it, but like that's worse. <laughs> It, it was rough, man. Like, you know, I, I kind of had – I think everybody had a little hope on the first drive when Phil Lindsay got a first down, and then it, it just really started to go downhill fast. Um, I mean, kudos to Kendall Hinton. Uh, I've heard that he's a fantastic guy and, and a lot of heart to be able to do that. I've, I've, I talked uh, with him actually after the game. I don't know why he responded to me of all people, but yeah, he seems like a really good guy from the small conversation I had with him. Yeah, man. And, and, and you know, the team really, the team really rallied around that, um, which I thought was uh, fantastic. I, mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Um, but, you know, it, it's probably not going to happen again next year. Fingers Let's, crossed. <laughs> you know, it is so – you know, really, I think the biggest questions that they have going into next season um, uh, on the personnel standpoint is Justin Simmons going to be here long term? Uh, are Von Miller and Kareem Jackson going to be returning? And is Drew Locke our guy at quarterback? Those are really the three biggest um, the three biggest points that are going on. They released Jarrell Casey. They released A.J. Boye. Um, clearly, they, they wanted to move on from those guys. Um you know, but they still have other players that are approaching restricted free agency that maybe they do, maybe they don't bring back. Uh, Tim Patrick was arguably one of the most underappreciated receivers in the NFL last year. He was so good last year. He was incredible. And, and I could legitimately see him getting, you know, wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver one money from some team out there. I mean, the Patriots need a wide receiver. The the Ravens desperately need a, a wide receiver like that, uh, you know, and that's a guy that it, it are they going to tender him? Maybe not. We don't know yet. Uh, Philip Lindsay is another guy who he wants an extension and the team has the team really hasn't been committed to him. They went out and they got Melvin Gordon uh, and gave him the bulk of the carries just to kind of say, well, you know, this is the reality. And he's uh, a homegrown guy. Like he's yeah. from Denver, if and I remember they, correctly. No one will ever let you forget that. Uh, he, he is from Denver. He went to Colorado. He's a Buffalo, and he plays for the Denver Broncos. Um, I had to fit that in somehow. Yeah, it, you know you I have to. It, It's a necessity. Anytime you talk about Philip Lindsay, you have to mention that he's from Denver and that he went to Colorado. Um, <laughs> and then Alexander Johnson, uh, who's who's been one of the bigger surprises. Uh, at, at inside linebacker, he's going to be uh, a, approaching free agency here as well. So those are some guys that the team really needs to, st- you know, keep these these core guys together if they want to have any success. And I do see George Payton keeping those guys. But someone like Von Miller, uh, who's, you know, again, he's injured and, and uh, you know, 
there's some off the field stuff that's going on and he's got this huge cap number that they could just disappear. You know, they can make disappear. Um, is he going to be one of those guys that is on the chopping block? Maybe. So there's still a lot of questions surrounding this team. I, I think that there is a lot of room to grow though. They have some good pieces. Jerry Judy is, is going to be a stud in this league. Uh, I think KJ Hamler is a, a an interesting wide receiver in this offense. Cortland Sutton is coming back off his ACL injury. That's huge. It's going to be enormous because really he was Drew Locke's favorite target uh, to throw to. And, and all through camp, we heard about how he was just going after Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, not having him on the field is, is certainly detrimental. Um, the offensive line played fantastic last year. Garrett Bowles had an incredible season. I mean, Everyone really, thought offensive tackle was going to be a, a need in the first round, and no one thinks that anymore. Well, well, hang on. Oh, people will still have you believe that we need to draft a left tackle with our first pick. Ah, okay. Uh, it, you know, it, Facebook people are weird. It's fine. Draft, draft Facebook is, is draft Facebook. Draft Twitter is one thing. Draft Facebook is like the the dark dimension, right? No one wants to go there, uh, but somehow they just keep seeping through. Oh no. Uh, you know, but they did play fantastic. Uh, Drew's just, he's got to play better. And, and a lot of this is growing pains. I think that, you know, with all the, the, hullo, the I want to use this word, hullabaloo, uh, with all this hullabaloo. Solid word. On, I know, right? It, it's great. Um, surrounding Deshaun Watson and, and the possibility of trading for Deshaun Watson, it, it, it's not going to happen. Like, it, it's just not. A, the price tag is, is, way higher than any of us even can imagine it is, which if you want to trade all of that for a, for a, a quarterback, I completely understand and I'll respect it. But two, the Texans just aren't interested in trading him at this time. So there's nothing you can do about that. Exactly. I, would, I personally, I would, I don't care. I would love to have Deshaun Watson in Denver. I would also like to see Drew Locke progress and get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, do they go after a rookie quarterback in the first round? That's that's a big question because if if, if Drew isn't the guy, they don't have a fifth year option that they have to pick up, and they can move on from him. So lots of questions. Lots yeah. So I mean, you kind of tackled that. Uh, what was going to be my next question? Just some of the needs. Uh, obviously, uh, you met you mentioned with AJ Boye not being there. Corner is definitely a big one. I think that might be the team's biggest need. Uh, it, I looked at uh, the the depth chart today and i i had a good cry because uh, it's like duke dawson michael ojemudier and i can't even remember who the third guy is and i just felt so bad that you guys might have to go in i i, I literally don't remember who the third corner was um there's it was someone wearing 49 uh which is never good oh, for a corner for now motley yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's Bryce... not a it's not a very good. Oh, Bryce Bryce Callahan, that was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, Bryce Callahan's still there. Um, but uh, yeah, cornerback depth was awful. It, it was it was terrible, and it's not getting uh, any better right now. Not getting any better. So Ojemudia, yeah, he like he played pretty well uh, at times, but like also he was a rookie, very spotty. Um. Duke Dawson, there's still a lot of questions around him. Is he a safety? Is he a corner? Uh, Pernell Motley came in and, and I think he played fantastic in his limited time. I'm, I'm, they have him under contract for this season. So 
you know, I'm I'm pretty excited. And then uh, Devonte Bosby, that's that's the guy you were probably thinking of too. Probably. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, they cut him early in the year. It, when your lot, corners it, wear forty and they're not uh, Marlon oh. Humphrey, it's never really a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, very true. All very, right, let's get into these mock drafts. So what we're gonna do? So I have to pull double duty. Usually I'd have Devin explain kind of his mindset, and then I would do mine. I have literally just been given a still shot of Devin's draft. There are trades involved in both, uh, but the issue is is that I cannot see what Devin got in those trades. So I have to kind of guess, whereas okay. with mine, I actually have a full breakdown of the trades as well. So um, what I will say, so I'll, I'll start with Devin's right now. So Devin on the clock with pick number nine, as I'm just pulling it up because I somehow lost <laughs> it on my page. Oh, yeah, this this makes for, as I say with Devin a lot, this makes for great radio. Uh, hang on. So he came up on the clock with, sorry, uh, you guys have pick number nine, right? Yes. Okay, for whatever reason, the, the simulator he used has the Broncos at pick ten. Oh, he he did a trade. There was a trade involving the Cowboys. Gotcha. Okay. So okay. he swapped with the Cowboys to move down one pick and got Patrick Sertain the second out of Alabama. Okay. I like that move. I think it's a really good, solid move by Devin. Again, corner, biggest need. It's really bad. Uh, Sertain's film, we've all mentioned this, uh, all of us over at Blue Chip. It's a bit boring to watch at times because he's never tested. So watching Alabama all 22, you can just, you know where, where Patrick Sertain is because no, nothing is going in his direction. Running the ball, passing the ball, they're not testing him unless it's yeah. Kyle Pitts. Like that's it. Uh, I like that pick. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like that pick as well. Uh, you know, I've, I've been very vocal that, Denver should take a, a cornerback with their first round pick. Um, whether that's Caleb Farley, whether that's Patrick Dertain, whether that's JC Horn. Um, I, I like all three of them. You know, obviously Horn probably not at that number nine or number 10 spot. Um, but with Sertain, like, you know, you get a boundary corner who's pretty disciplined. Um, he, he's got very good patience and he's, he can be physical with wide receivers. Um, and, and, you know, the tackling is the, is going to be the biggest thing. Like mm-hmm. for for Vic Fangio, he likes his corners to tackle. Uh, in in coaching football, uh, as a you know as an offensive coordinator, as a, a a tight end coach, as a wide receiver you know coach, um, I, I always train my players uh, with the old adage that corners can't tackle. And uh, Vic Fangio likes corners that can tackle. So Patrick, if Patrick Sertain is going to be a Denver Bronco, you know, he, he's got to be very physical in the run game. Um, but seeing a matchup of him, you know, his long speed was really one of the bigger questions, I think. Uh, I, I remember him getting beat a couple of times. I can't remember who it, who it was against. I think it was but, Trayvon Grimes with Florida got him a few Yeah. Times. And so, he's not the fastest either. Right. So, you know, with Tyree Kill in the division, um, you know, with with Nicole Hardman in the division, with all these speedy guys that are Henry Ruggs, too. Henry Ruggs. I mean, um, you know, that's that's where that concern comes in. But playing disciplined football and and squeezing the wide receivers to the to the boundary is something that he does very well. So Mm. actually, I like that pick. I I really do. I can go either way. I didn't trade the ninth overall pick. I stayed at nine. Um, my mindset is that unless you can get one of the top two or three, 
I'm never a fan of being of picking like the third quarterback in the top five unless it's warranted. And in this class, I I knew the top three were all going to be gone by pick five. I was not going to take a chance on Trey Lance as the fourth quarterback at pick number nine. I also realized that corner was you know was the biggest need. Devin and I have done these uh, competing mock drafts seven times. We've never picked the same player. Thought it was going to happen when he sent me the mock draft. It didn't. I went with Caleb Farley in this case, uh, the six foot two corner out of Virginia Tech, still learning the position, only two years playing corner, former wide receiver. Yeah, I, dude, like I said, I I can go either way. Like <laughs> I, both of these guys are are you know I'm really big fans of both of these guys, but I do like Farley. Um, I, I like Farley a little bit more. Number one because of the length, but number two mm. because it 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 really to me it it stands out when a corner can play both press man very well and play in zone coverage very well. And one of the the best things that I saw from Caleb Farley was his ability to play off coverage and break down extremely fast and just stop uh, the pass catcher from getting any yards. I mean that to me, you know, his length, his his uh, his ability to really understand the wide receiver position. A lot of people do frown upon, you know, the transition, but, uh, you know, wide receivers really know how, like, they have to know how to play mm-hmm. cornerback, and cornerbacks have to know how to play wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So uh, when a wide receiver switches the corner, I, I had to do it for a season, and honestly, it was one of the best things that I ever did. Um, and when I see a wide receiver switch the corner, what I'm really looking for is their instinct on on breaking routes, right? So out-breaking routes, in-breaking routes. Do they understand what type of angle to take? And for me, Caleb Farley just – he checks that box. Uh, there, there's a lot of instances on his tape where, you know, they're, they're running out-breaking concepts, and he's just undercutting that ball extremely well, not jumping it to the point where he's missing it, but but getting there right at the apex of the throw. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's very beautiful to see. I think he would be a great fit in Vic Fangio's uh, defense. I think both of these guys could be great fits. So, yeah, obviously, as long as we came away with a corner in that first pick, we, we kind of couldn't lose that. Uh, and then Devin and I take astronomically different paths the rest of this class. I love um, it. So Devin is back on the board at pick 40. And again, we mentioned it. Von Miller may be you know, on, on his way out. Uh, and Denver for years has had just so like a, a depth at pass rusher. They've had DeMarcus Ware, obviously Von Miller's been there. Shaq Barrett. They have Malik Reed now, who, you know, who's waiting in the wings. Uh, Jeremiah Tachu, you know, is a great rotational. He's adding to that because as Denver loves to do, stash these, you know, kind of second, third, fourth round edge rushers. And then you sit them, and then they explode, and then they get either a big payday with you, or they get a big payday with someone else, and you get a comp pick. So I think that's what Devin had in mind here. He has almost no production, uh, virtually none in 2020. Uh, Jason Owa from Penn State. Interesting. Okay. Uh, y- yeah, I, I mean, I see him as kind of like a, a more of a project guy, um, you know, really like, 
I don't see him as as disciplined as you know as a Bradley Chubb would be. Or, or I forgot to mention Bradley Chubb, and I don't. I, know hey man, it's all good. Like <laughs> the ACL thing completely took yeah. him out of the picture. Um, you know, I, I think when you're thinking of, I I mean, I don't necessarily hate the pick. I'm not like crazy about it. Um, but you know, thinking about. Vic Fangio's defensive scheme and what he does with his edge rushers, he asked for like a little bit more, right? So he asked for them to crash down in the run, be, you know, be, uh, be productive in the run game, um, but also be athletic enough to drop back into coverage, right? So if that's the mindset that Devin was taking with that pick, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, you know, in the second round, that might be a little, it might be a little rich, but I'm, I'm okay with that. Edge depth is edge depth. You can never have too many pass rushers. Right. So I, I get where he was going with it. Uh, just maybe not the right scheme fit for him. Maybe not the right coaching staff willing to take a chance on him right, right. away. Right. I went with a bit of a different approach. And one of the things I mentioned in that Denver Broncos article I did was that if corner wasn't the pick in round one, maybe a Micah Parsons could be. Now, obviously, I went corner in round one, but I felt that kind of the Diet Coke version of Micah Parsons was still available at pick 40, and I didn't expect him to be there. And that's Tulsa linebacker Zaven Collins. And, and guys, I think, I think I might have taken a slight lead here. Patrick's very excited. Zaven oh Collins, 6'4, 250, can rush the passer, was oh. phenomenal in coverage, which is something that this team needs because Josie Jewell is not the best in coverage. No, the, Mike, this is a fantastic pick. Yes. This is a home run pick. Uh, you, I mean, you said it. Versatility in, in every facet of the game, right? This dude's a, uh, I hate using the term freak. I feel he like it's so freak, overplayed, though. but he is a freak. Uh, I Two mean, com- sixes. coming off of the edge, uh, it, he's got the, he's got the ability to come off the edge and rush the passer. I love the fact that he can play off ball. I love the fact that he plays really good in pass coverage. And in the AFC West, where you have these, these, these monster tight ends like Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, you know, th- these are guys that Denver has to have. People have been saying it for years. Denver needs a linebacker that can cover tight ends. I think that Collins is that guy. I think he's he's good enough to do that. And if you need to rush him off of the off the edge once in a while, hey, you can do that. I, I love that pick. A plus. And he should not have been there at forty. Like, no, absolutely. I fully not. expect he's gone by like twenty five. I, I really don't. I did say that Devin and I took drastically different uh, approaches to this draft because Patrick, I'm going to warn you now. Pick forty is the last original pick for the Broncos that they use in my mock draft. Okay. <laughs> I traded every other pick just moving up and down That's to try cool. to get as much value because I am tired of Devin beating me in these and I needed to take <laughs> the expression to him. So right. whereas Devin does not pick again until pick 81, I used pick 81 and this is the, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, pick 81 was part of a trade with him. So the Broncos have 71. I used pick 71 and pick 153 in, uh, the fifth round to trade up to pick 52. So I used a third and a fifth to trade up to, uh, trade up 19 spots with the Bears to get Jay Tufele, the interior defensive lineman from USC, because I thought if you just lost oh. a player 
like Jarrell Casey, who, when he's at his best, is a undersized nose or a shade inside defensive tackle that can rush the passer, get someone from the same school who can do the exact same thing, and be a 10-sack-a-year player. Here's what makes this pick, in my opinion, even better, Patrick. Those picks that I traded away became Amon Ross St. Brown and Rodarius Williams. Hey, that's fine. That I say. <laughs> That's fine with me. Look, I love that pick, man. That is a fantastic pick because that is a that is a total Vic Fangio pick. Uh, Vic Fangio loves his interior defensive linemen, and he likes them to be nasty. I he thought likes Justin them to have, Smith with this move. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he he likes them to be quick-handed, uh, be able to shoot those gaps, and and, and I really love Tufeli. Uh, you know. They have Mike Purcell as that like true nose tackle, right? But they you when Jarrell Casey was healthy and he was on the field, they really did use him in that you know the the three tech and the and the one tech at times. Um, and, and I feel like Jay could be that guy too, uh, if, if especially if they decide not to re-sign uh, Shelby Harris. Uh, McTelvin Ajim, their, their fourth round pick from last year, he's still got some growing to do. Uh, I think there's potential there for him to be a, you know, rotational guy. Um, but Draymond Jones has absolutely broken out of his shell and, and he is becoming a monster. You put, uh, you put Jay, Purcell, and Jones on the interior with Chubb and, you know, Vaughn, potentially Vaughn Miller rushing off the edge. That's dangerous. That's scary. I, I love that pick. Another A plus. You're you're you got all A pluses right yes. now. I love this. And here's the thing: for a team that has so many holes on offense, I've gotten defense all three. But I just want to make a very scary defense. Like it's weird. Oh, like, yeah. when, when we did the Niners uh, last week, I had them like getting video game wide receivers like Jalen Darden and, and Watt <laughs> Fillier and just yes. spread it out with Kyle, with Kyle Shanahan because I can envision Kyle Shanahan absolutely wanting that. I can envision Vic Fangio pounding the table for, for those three guys. Um, so Devin, he had pick 81. It was involved in a trade. Again, I can't see the specifics of it, but we did mention that Philip Lindsay is likely on his way out. Um, and I don't know what the situation with Royce Freeman is. Is he still under contract? Or is yeah, he a he's got one more year. He's got one more year. Well, the team kind of decided not to use Freeman in really any way this year, especially with Melvin Gordon coming in. Um, so I guess that this is your uh, replacement for Philip Lindsay. It's Michael Carter out of North Carolina. Love it. I, I, I absolutely love that. I like this um, I, I do. And... and you know, I, I tweeted. I actually tweeted something out today. Uh, you know, is if George Payton was looking at uh, either of those North Carolina running backs, I really like him. You know, uh, smaller guy. You know, smaller stature. He's not the tallest running back, but you know, I think he's like what two twenty. So he's pushing like yeah. two twenty, but he's got oh, no. Uh, Carter, Carter's two ten. Williams is the two twenty five. Okay, thumb. yeah. So yeah. I mean, still two ten is. I mean, that's great size for mm-hmm. for a back. Um, and I mean, he absolutely packs a punch and both of those guys do that. You love to see him in the pass blocking game. Um, that, that's something that, you know, Philip Lindsay, obviously he, he's a smaller guy, but he's, you know, he's pretty stacked. He, he's, mm-hmm. I was honestly shocked the, the first time that I ever met him, I was like, okay, you're like, yeah, you're small, but holy crap, you're, you're a big dude. <laughs> um, but you know, even then he struggled in, he struggled in pass protection and that's gotta be a, a an emphasis 
for Pat Shermer's offense. Uh, I, I love the fact that they would replace, you know, potentially replace Philip Lindsay with him. Um, so I, I do like that pick. I, I give it an A. Yeah. So, but you know what, Devin and I have really got Devin's always been really good at this whole mock drafting thing. He loved, he seems to always pick out every guest, you know, uh, you know, uh, guest like favorite players or, or just like dream picks, uh, without, without fail every time I, there are times where I have picked the exact opposite of what of what our guest wants. So like, it's it's music right my track. ears. That, hmm? You're on the right track. Yeah, that's yeah. what I like hearing. So um, <laughs> I traded up again uh, to it. get back into day uh, into day two because again I didn't have a third round pick. I traded back up to get into the second round pick. Well, I decided to go out and get a third round pick. Okay. Uh, you know, George Payton coming from a very aggressive front office with the Vikings, they trade up and down the board. I tried to emulate that, you know, as well. And again, I thought if Von Miller comes back, you're set and then you have, you know, Malik Reed, but you also need another backup in case of injury for Bradley Chubb. You know, you need to have three really at all times. And I think you could find an upgrade over Jeremiah Tachu. I yeah. traded up with the Eagles. I traded a fourth round pick, so pick 114, as well as a third round pick in 2022 to move up to get Jordan Smith out of UAB, who is just this, just this monster, six foot seven, 255, had a great senior bowl. I have a feeling Vic Fangio would just love to get his hands on this game. Yeah, I, I really liked what I saw uh, from him at the Senior Bowl. I, I, I think, you know, the 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 speed off the speed off of the snap, the burst for a guy that big too. You really don't expect, you know, a, a ton of quickness at at six foot seven. That's really long though, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's great. That I, I think that that would be a fantastic pick. You know, a Tauchu's probably not going to be back unless they can't get someone else. Um, so I, I love it. I, I and, think that's a great pick. And here's the thing. So for whatever reason, like I, I watched Smith's tape and I came away with kind of that late day two, early day three vibe. And I've seen him mocked a lot in like people's top 50, top 60. And that's too rich for my blood. But when he was sitting there and I'm watching the edges come off the board, Carlos Basham's off the board and I traded up and I had my pick of, him, um, I had Peyton Turner from um, Houston, who's kind of that same raw, like, yep. absolutely Vic Fangio would love him in round three. I had a few of those types of guys still available, but Jordan Smith was there, and I just thought, given that he's being mocked a lot in that, like, borderline top 50 range, this had to be the pick. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's great value if you're getting him there, so mm-hmm. I like it. I dig it. So... Uh, I have to flip back and forth between these two. So my next pick after this is not until 179. (laughs) We're waiting a bit, so I'm going to get Devin's next two out of the way. Devin kind of had that same idea at pick 104, which is, again, involved in in a trade of some sort, kind of needing that interior pass rusher in this three-man front. He went with Bobby Brown, the defensive tackle out of Texas A&M, our former boss, uh, Don, uh, Dalton Miller, absolutely loves Brown. He was not available, uh, obviously, when 179 came around. He was a, a few picks before, but I considered him that late. Uh, but Brown, he's just... 
He's a really good pass rusher. Um, yeah. I think if you if you combined him with the McTelvin regime, you might have something. I think, honestly, sorry, Devin, and it's because you're not here to defend yourself. I think this is a reach, but I'd like to hear what Pat says. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't I haven't watched him a ton, um, but you know, it, it's the importance for, like I said earlier, the importance for Vic Fangio's uh, defensive front, especially the interior defensive lineman. Uh, they're very much gap first, uh, and then, uh, rush the passer, right? So you have your nose that is, that takes up, you know, the, that takes up the front gaps, but those interior guys, they have to be quick off the ball and they have to have very good, uh, they, they gotta be good with hand fighting. They gotta have a good pass rush move, um, obviously Draymond's one of those guys he made I mean he made Demarcus Walker into one of those guys too Demarcus Walker had I think six and a half sacks uh in the last two years he had six and a half sacks in both seasons so Mm -hmm. if if there's a player that has a good pass rush move and and has good size Vic Fangio is going to love him inside so Devin came back on the on the board with a pick that does actually belong to the Denver Broncos. We've seen a lot of trading for the both of us. Uh, I have no idea how he was still available here at 114, but Devin came away with Sean Wade out of Ohio State. PFN has him listed as a safety in this simu- uh, simulation. So I would assume this is in case maybe Justin Simmons doesn't return, or just as a backup slash nickel. Well, I mean, the safety depth last season, e- even if they bring Justin Simmons back, the safety depth is very concerning. Um, you know, and we talked earlier about Kareem Jackson's uh, team option is still up in the air. Uh, even even then, you know, who's behind him? Well, you have Trey Marshall, who played not great last season. You have P.J. Locke, who is still very raw. Uh, and then Duke Dawson was kind of that in-between guy. They had to bring back Will Parks. Uh yeah, I who, noticed that. I thought he was an eagle, yeah. and I forgot the Eagles had cut him, and he re-signed yeah. with Denver. Yeah, they yeah they uh, they got him back, and and honestly, Will Parks played fantastic. I I, I hope that they keep him. Um, but I, I understand Devin's logic here, going with Sean Wade. I think he's one of those guys who, uh, as Vic Fangio shifts to kind of more nickel defenses and dime looks. Um, Sean Wade's one of those guys that you can kind of put him all over the field. He, he's got good instincts. Um, I, I think, you know, he was really being touted as, you know, cornerback one. Like he, he was going to be that mm-hmm. guy and he just, you know, the, the plumbing. It did not work on a, uh, putting him outside. No. Um, you know, so I think if you, if you utilize him the right way, you put him in the slot, you use him in situationals, uh, I, I think that it, it could pay off, especially at, you know, it, at that value, at that pick value, that's incredible value uh, in a league where slot defenders are so important. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I agree with every, everything you said. Sean Wade, uh, again, I don't even know if he was around at pick 84 when I came up. So to, to get him in, round, in day three is fantastic value. I, I like that pick, Devin. So I was watching, and of course... I mean, the the next pick that the Broncos actually own is pick 193. But, Patrick, I think you've kind of learned by now that I was getting a little impatient with this draft. And I was seeing value fall, and I couldn't risk it. By the way, the uh, the Jordan Smith trade, the pick from this year uh, that was traded, obviously there was a third rounder next year. Uh, the pick from this year turned out to be Davis Mills out of Stanford. Oh, yeah. 
fine. <laughs> I think you take Jordan Smith. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take a yeah I'll take an edge guy. Yeah. All right. So I traded up again, but after trading with the Eagles, I kept it in the division by trading with the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> this was not done on purpose. This was just to make sure that I got my right. guy. Uh, right. So I traded pick 193, so the sixth rounder, to move up to pick 179 into the fifth round with the Cowboys. And I added in a seventh rounder in 2022 to get – actually, no, sorry. They offered me this trade. The Cowboys wanted to move back. I forgot about that. The Cowboys wanted to move back. All it was going to cost me was basically a seventh rounder next year to move up uh, – what's the math on that? 14 picks. I'll take that. Okay. So, Drew Locke might lose Tim Patrick. Deshaun Hamilton was kind of proven ineffective this year and really kind of phased out of the offense entirely. Uh, in case Patrick isn't retained and in case Deshaun Hamilton doesn't take that next step, the Broncos are going to need another wide receiver in that offense anyways to kind of keep pace with the ridiculous offenses that are already in that division. I went in and got Shy Smith out of South Carolina, who is just like shit talker supreme, dominated Auburn. He is, he's kind of like Cornell Powell out of, out of Clemson where he'll catch it and then he'll go right up to you afterwards and remind you that he just caught it on you. I am so happy that you picked Shy Smith. Yeah. Uh, he, so I, I'm not a comp guy. Okay, I, I am I'm not, not a, either. So don't. I am not a comp guy. My comp for him, after watching him play, was absolutely Steve Smith. Yeah, and, and it wasn't. It wasn't just because you know, oh, their their last names are Smith. Okay, easy comp. No, they're both very similar in size. They're both very similar in how they play. They're not afraid to make the big play. They're not afraid to go over the middle. They love the 50-50 ball, and they will talk all the smack to you. He, That is the attitude that I love in my wide receivers. Deshaun Hamilton, you know, I really liked Deshaun Hamilton when he came out of Penn State. Thanks. I thought he was Thanks. fantastic, and he's been a disappointment to me. Um, you know, and, and if Tim Patrick is gone, then, you know, that does suck because having Tim Patrick is like having a Cortland Sutton who can run like two tenths of a second faster, um, mm -hmm. which is scary. Um, but you know, they, they will have Tyree Cleveland. Um, but I, I've, you know, I've been saying they need to add another one. They need to add another one. And Smith is absolutely my guy, I love it. That's another A-plus pick, man. And getting him in at the tail end of round incredible, five. Incredible value. Now, Devin – oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, he really is one of those guys that I – like, I won't be shocked if he's, you know, a bottom of the third round pick for someone because, I, I mean, yeah. that, that dog mentality is, is – you can't teach it. You really we had, can't. We had wide receiver uh, – uh, analyst brad kelly on on wednesday show and he loves shy smith like oh. thinks he's thinks he's top of day three type guy and yeah. to get him in round five was, was was perfect fantastic loved the value uh couldn't believe i came away with this so devin devin stayed at 193 and he also went wide receiver but he he went with just blazing speed more of that jerry judy kj hamler type he's playing madden with this approach Anthony Schwartz from Auburn, who you kind of have to manufacture some touches, but you could definitely find a, a use for him. Yeah, man. I, I mean, 
speed kills, right? Like, yeah. you know, Look having at Kansas City. Yeah, have and and I think that's kind of the formula. Even going back in the last year, uh, that that's kind of the formula that Denver wanted to carry. So they have their big possession guy. They wanted to get you know, Rugs was on their radar. Uh, he was absolutely on their radar. Um, you know, and getting Judy is is uh, I'm fine with that. I, you know, I'm fine with that trade off um, because Judy is a fast guy himself. You know, he's four four speed, um, and then going back-to-back with K.J. Hamler, who we never got a a recorded 40, but it was apparently in the 4-2s. If you can add more speed to this offense, it's only going to help. At altitude, too, that's got to be a big keep up with. (laughs) And they they did manufacture touches for K.J. Hamler. I mean, we saw him on end-arounds a lot, um, and and they worked. They worked fantastically. Mm So if you can kind of create those gadget plays for those um, for those wide receivers who you're not going to put outside, you don't really feel comfortable like keeping them in the slot and having them run crossing routes and stuff like that. Creating play, you know, fly sweeps, um, you know, jet sweeps, um, you know, the end arounds, like those screen plays. Those are those are great ways to get the ball out quick, get them into the hands of a playmaker, and and let them work. I, I'm totally good with that pick. Um, you know, love the speed, you know, fast, fast, fast. We got, we got to go fast. Exactly. Now. So again, I traded pick 193. This is going to be music to your ears because what's the one position that Denver absolutely does not need in the draft? Uh, off, uh, offensive tackle. No, I was going to say tight end because you guys have like 73 of <laughs> that, them. Uh, that's true. Uh, so, so Dallas selected Miller Forrestall out of, out of Alabama with, uh, with the pick oh. that I used to get Shy Smith. Uh, and again, all it cost you was a seventh rounder in next year's class. So yeah. I gotta take a look and see who picks first. So, uh, it is me again, uh, because I traded up to the Tom Brady pick of pick 199. Hey. I traded with the New York Jets. You're gonna love this trade because this is absolute shithousery. Uh, because <laughs> I am, I looked at where I was. I wanted to trade up because I just did not want to make a seventh round pick with a lot of guys that I'm unfamiliar with still being yeah. on them. Yeah. I haven't gotten that deep in my evaluation. I'm <laughs> around 200 players, so to get into the top 200 again was perfect for me. Yeah. So I traded. Denver has three seventh round picks. I traded all three of them. And I traded a sixth rounder in 2023. <laughs> Wait. Wait, and the reason I did this is because while I was trading, I realized I've traded two of your picks for 2022. So I acquired pick 199 in round six, and then I got a pick back for next year in the sixth round as well. So I got an extra pick back replenishing what I had already used to move up. So yes, we are affecting three drafts with this one trade. (laughs) I love it. To get Shakur Brown, the corner out of Michigan State, he led the Big Ten in interceptions this year. Had two against Indiana. I think he had five on the season. Um, some people like him as high as like maybe that er- that late fourth, early fifth. I saw him there at 199, and hey, more opportunity to get someone in this cornerback room. Yeah. No, absolutely. The cornerback depth was a huge concern last season, uh, especially with Boye and, and Callahan's health history. Um, you know, Ojemudia played pretty much all season, um, but they and still he was needed a fourth rounder or something. Yeah. Like. 
and and that's I mean that was pretty telling. Um, so you know the fact that they still had to go out and bring back Devonte Bowsby after they released him, they they had to bring in Pernell Motley um, off the off the practice squad from San Francisco, I believe is where he was. Um, you know they they still had to dip into the reserves um, for cornerback depth, and and that's just something that they cannot do next season. So double dipping on corner makes complete sense, um, and in, in in Vic Fangio's defense. Corners need to go. They got to be able to get after the ball too. They got um, so, turnover machines in, in, in Caleb Farley and and Shakur Brown, and, and they got and, one in the first, and then they capped off the draft with another. And, and that's fantastic. And I think that I, I just think that cornerback depth is going to be so 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 important. Um, you know, last year they kept I think they kept six or seven corners, um, and they only kept three safeties. So uh, if that's telling of what they think is important, you know. I think that double dipping is great. I think if you get a player who has that that type of production in college, that they certainly have coachable traits, and uh, it, they could, you know, Vic Fangio's done a lot with a little mm-hmm. in his coaching career. Bryce Callahan was an undrafted free agent, made him into one of the best slot corners in in the NFL. So uh, I, that that excites me. That puts yeah. a smile on my face. Now, I'm just going to breeze through Devin's last three picks at 235, 237, and 252. Oh, he picked all, he picked in the seventh round. He picked all three seventh rounds. What a chump. I did not have the patience for that. I went, screw it. We're trading. I love how for a random pick in the sixth round, maybe it was because it was the Tom Brady pick at 199. I just decided that I needed to get that extra pick back next year because I had traded two or three of your picks for 2022 and didn't want to leave the cupboard completely bare. So in order to do so, I had to, I had to lob them a pick in 20, 2023. Uh, That's a George Payton move, man. I would absolutely love to be like watching uh, like NFL network and have to hear Rich Eisen break down that trade (laughs) and and have Daniel Jeremiah with a straight face try to analyze that trade <laughs> hey there, there's no there, there's no explanation needed no. for it you Grant, did what you had to do exactly anything exactly. to not pick those scared, three scared money makes no money exactly so Devin at 235 double dipped at edge he went and got the undersized Duke rusher Chris Rump the, uh, the second whose dad I believe is the defensive ends coach for the Bears now or the Texans one of those two He's 6'3". He, he bulked up to 235 this year. He played at 220 last year, but led was, uh, I believe, second or third in 2019 in the ACC in sacks. Had seven again this year. He's mm. productive, but he is just so small. Yeah, I mean, Denver took a chance on Derek Tisco last year um, out of North Dakota State. I was you know, trying to put a school to the name. I yeah, and, and and he kind of there was some hope that he would kind of be like one of those rotational edge guys. Um, he really just kind of turned out to be, uh, you know, a special teamer, which is fine. You know, six seventh round picks. You know, those are guys that are really going to be productive on special teams. Um, but they wanted to keep him for a reason. So uh, I I wouldn't rule out uh I wouldn't rule out double dipping at edge especially if it's a guy who they think they can produce 
you know, they can make him into, you know, either a rotational guy or, um, or just someone who can contribute in yeah. any way. And, so, and, surprise and me. I mean, the, the size knock doesn't really concern me with, with that because again, Malik Reed is an undersized guy. I think he's only like six one, like two forty. So yeah. as long as you can get to the quarterback and Fangio's defense, he really doesn't care too yep. much about traits. Uh, at 237, he went with the Auburn linebacker KJ Britt, who's just kind of a traditional thumper. Maybe that's more of a special teams type move. Maybe, uh, that's got to yeah. be a special teams Because he didn't go linebacker and probably went, oh, damn it, I haven't gone linebacker in this Yeah, season. yeah, yeah. I know he, he's a Justin Sternad guy, but... Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see what Justin Sternad can do. I, yeah. I, you Devin, know, I, Devin was big with Sternad last year, yeah. and then he finishes off the draft by going, I, I swear this is just a shout-out to Devin's uh, you know, good friend Jordan Reed by going with the uh, North Carolina Central corner Brian Mills. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I again, like Mills, again, nope. he shouldn't be there at 252. No, and, and again, double dipping on corner is something that, you know, I, I fully expect Denver to do just because it, it's such a big question mark. Um, even if they can get someone that they can develop into, a, a you know, a nickel or a, or a dime corner, um, you know, they're going to they're going to do it. So, I, I you know, he finished strong. I'll he give him props for that. He finished strong. All right. So. Just to run down the picks again, we'll do this quickly, and then it, it's judgment time. So, Devin, just to recap, went Patrick Sertain, Jason Oa, Michael Carter, Bobby Brown, Sean Wade, Anthony Schwartz, uh, Chris Rump, KJ Britt, Brian Mills. I decided to go just complete batshit crazy with my picks, bouncing uh, up in every single pick after pick 40, just for the fun of it. Caleb Farley, Zaven Collins, Jay Tufele, Jordan Smith, Shy Smith, and Shakur Brown. Pat, which draft would you prefer for the Denver Broncos? Look, I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Devin a, a lot of props. I, I think that he did. Uh, he had some great picks. The Owa pick is kind of what killed it for me early. Um, you know, getting he bounced back with with Carter. I think that was fantastic. Um, you know, getting the speedy receiver, I think that's fantastic. Getting corner depth and and defensive line depth, that's great. But you, you went above and beyond my yes, friend. Caleb Farley, getting to Feely, getting. I mean, these are guys that are instant impact players in Denver's in Denver's defense, and then capping it with with. With Shy Smith, I mean, come on, man. That's like, oh, that's ridiculous. I'm th- I'm thinking of an offense where I have Cortland Sutton, I you know potentially Tim Patrick, you know Shy Smith, uh, uh, Shy Smith, Noah Fant, and we don't even need a running back because we'll just put KJ Hamler out there and and, and, and if we Jerry want to, Judy. yeah, and, and I mean. We I just play in Madden and that defense got insanely good. Yeah. And, and that is, and Zayvon, I mean, Zayvon Collins, <laughs> sheesh. I mean, it, you don't even like at that point, you don't even really need to get an edge rusher because you can just use him as an edge rusher. <laughs> but my goodness to have an, to have Collins and, and Alexander Johnson next to each other in a defense, that's, insanity that is madden that's a madden defense right there so uh, <laughs> and then you I, get jordan my, smith's death so so, yeah. so 
So, Pat, there's a reason I am so excited that, that, that you picked me. This is the seventh edition over the last two seasons of the Dueling Mock Drafts podcast. This is my first victory. Let's go! Yeah! That's awesome. Yes, I have not. Devin has won with every single team uh, <laughs> across both conferences. Um, some of them not even close. Look back to last year's uh, LA Rams podcast uh, where I think by round four it was decided I had pretty much already oh. lost. Um, and here's the thing. Trying to think like the GM has not worked out for me in the past. Last year, I tried to emulate um, the Aussie Newsome, Eric DaCosta mentality when doing the, the Baltimore Ravens with Nick Price. I, I passed up on an LSU linebacker in Patrick Queen, uh, sorry, Patrick Queen in round one to take Kenneth Murray because the Ravens never picked an LSU player in their entire history in the draft. And sure enough, they went out and drafted three last year. And I lost because of just like, like I said, Devin finds a way to get everyone's favorite prospect in day three. But I think I managed to get like three or four of your guys. So I think that might have put me over the edge. Um, Awesome. Awesome. I'm so happy about that. Uh, Again, and I mean, I'm not minimizing Devin's draft whatsoever. He did a great job. I knew this was going to be a dog fight. This was such a good class that when I, that when I finish it, I actually, because again, Devin does not know going into these podcasts. We don't know what, what the other one's picking. I just texted him with good luck. Yeah. <laughs> because I had a feeling. I had yeah, a feeling yeah. I had come away with enough, like, instant impact, guys. I'm So, so Patrick, you are welcome back anytime. That is going <laughs> to do it for today, however. As always, guys, you can find me on Twitter at MikeH underscore draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at Real D underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at Big Shots Pod. Follow our work at Blue Chip Scouting. Check out that Broncos piece that I that I dropped on Thursday. Uh, enjoy your guys' Friday. Pat, they can find you on Twitter, and it's at Patrick uh, Coyote, right? It's just nice and simple. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Uh, you're working with, with the first pick, if I remember correctly. Yep. And, and, uh, and Pigskin Nut, yeah. And Pigskin so. Nut. And then... Always, always tune in to Locked On Broncos, where you can find him and Cody Rourke, two of the absolute nicest guys. Again, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass because I won. I genuinely mean that, Patrick. I genuinely mean that. But until next time, guys, obviously stay safe out there. Uh, use our promo code for 10% off you know, Built Bars. We will see you next week.